Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step by step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. You've got three hours a day and your team is thriving. So how are you spending those three hours a day? You asked me this morning why I was so excited. It's because with three hours, it becomes crystal clear what I need to actually be doing in the business in order for the business to grow. And I started a little challenge called the 100 day to 100K month challenge. And for me, what that means is Let's see if I can get to 100K months in 100 days. But what am I doing? The first 100 minutes of all five days a week are spent only on revenue generating activities. All right, what's up, you all? Rick Mulready here. Welcome to today's podcast. Joined as, uh, I almost said as always, but <laughs> not as always, as as recent past. Quajo. Hey, hey everyone, Quajo here, and I'm doing good, Rick. I'm doing really good. Good. Well, that's what well, I want to talk to you about that today, because if you've been listening for any period of time in the past several episodes, you've heard us talk about Quajo's terrible bike accident. And you're looking, I mean, I'm seeing you on video right now. For those of you uh, just who don't know, there is a YouTube channel for the podcast here. Just uh, search on the art of online business and uh, YouTube channel so you can see us talking here and you can see how the progression of oh, Quajo's <laughs> face. How are you feeling? Are you feeling better? Yes and no. Yes, my face looks better and the swelling has gone down and the stitches are out, but no, quite frankly, last week was difficult because it was the first week that I was quote unquote allowed to work, even though I may have been sneaking in a couple hours before then. And I just realized at the ripe young age of 42, like there's a big difference between my expectations and how quickly my body should heal and how quickly it actually is healing. And uh, last week was not so fun, you know, like work a few hours and all of a sudden my face is just lit up and I can't control the pain with the pain meds I have. And it's like, now I have to go back to the room and lay down and do nothing. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about that here t today and, and how you've created the team that you have. And, you know, we've talked off microphone several times about how your team has really stepped up. So I, I want to talk to you about that a little bit. But for people who are like, what are you guys talking about? What happened? Just 
real quick recap of what happened on your bike. Okay. So, and the full context is, is my bike riding home and on the same road that I ride home all the time, like two times a week, maybe three times a week. And uh, that's the last thing I remember. I woke up, the paramedics were around me and um, yeah, I had like flesh hanging down in my eye. Turns out I hit the curb and flew over my front handlebars, my only handlebars, the handlebars in front of my bike and smashed my face into the curb and also really scratched up my arm pretty bad on a bougainvillea bush, which are these lovely kind of thorny pink flowering bushes. And so I had to get surgery. Turns out that I fractured my nose. I got a huge gash above my eye. I fractured the, I still don't know the scientific name for it. The orbital bone? The orbital eye socket floor bone. The bone that keeps your eye from falling back into your face somewhere where your brain is. I fractured that. True story. Didn't even know how bad it was until the follow-up a week after the surgery. But I thought they put like, a, if you're watching the YouTube channel right now, you can see visually I'm holding up a little business card to my cheek. I thought they put like a titanium mesh on my cheek, like where this business card is. But no, they actually like lifted my eyeball up and the muscle up and had to put titanium mesh inside of my eye socket so that my eye wouldn't fall down into the recesses of my face. It's a pretty bright fracture, but the doctor for, says... For those of you eating breakfast right now while you're listening, we apologize. <laughs> we do, we do, we do. Um, but thank God the surgery went fine. It was a major surgery, but it also was a very... It went very smoothly. But the result of that was that my eye, since it was manipulated so much, as they said in Spanish, I could not tolerate screen light. And like looking around at different things because actually your eyes move a lot when you're looking at a computer screen or your cell phone screen they're just like twitching all over the place yeah. and that's like super bad so fast forward the last week yeah it was really frustrating that i still couldn't it's been two weeks in bed and then last week was the third week and i still couldn't work maybe three hours without my face hurting and then i just tried to push through and my face was like absolutely not yeah you will go lay down so right. Yeah. And just to clarify, when Cuello said, they said in Spanish, you live in Mexico. Yes, I, I live in Mexico. That's why the doctors and nurses and such are speaking Spanish. Speaking Spanish. Good, good clarification. So, <laughs> so that's what we really wanted to not, not cover today is, is Cuello's injury. But what sort of has happened as a result of the injury? Because I think so many people can relate to just, you know, a variety of life happens sort of things mm. where they're limited in the amount of time that they're able to spend in their business for one reason or another. And as you just mentioned, three hours is kind of your cap, if you will, and right. your body tells you so it screams at you. And so after three hours, you know, you have to go rest and it's so it, it's kind of like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, all right, three hours max ish in front of the the computer each day. Yeah. And yeah. you're running a very successful ads management business, ads coaching. You now have an ads course. You do funnel fixing this podcast. You have a lot going on, but yet your business has continued to thrive and in fact grown during this time. That's the amazing part. My team has really stepped up. So talk about that. Number one, like, what 
got them to the point? How did you get them to the point where they were able to step up and Hmm. sort of what has kind of surprised you with the team during this process? Where do I start? Let's tell everybody what your team is primarily made up of, like roles and, you know, where they're located. Cool. So then running like this Facebook boutique ad management studio and doing the funnel fixing, right? I have a full-time EA. So most of my team is located in the Philippines. I have a full-time EA, you know, she handles the inbox. She's more kind of like a project manager handling the onboarding of the clients, analytics, setup, all this. I have a full-time VA. Let's call him. His name's Ken. He's pretty cool. My EA's name is Giselle. Ken, the VA, he does all the ad data compiling. Anyone that's listened to this podcast for a while knows that all the data in Facebook ad manager is not super accurate. So we kind of have to ping pong between Google Analytics and Facebook ad manager compiling data to get the true lead cost. And that can get very time consuming when you have a lot of clients you're managing ads for. So I have a VA who does that. And he also is the one responsible for the short form videos that you're seeing on Instagram and YouTube, which are not bad. And uh, I have another, we'll call her a junior ad manager. So many times I'll be responsible for the strategy, but she will be setting up the actual ad campaign and scheduling it to go live. And so that is the team of three. And then we contract out to a copywriter who has been copywriting with me, for me, since the beginning of the business last year. She's Mm -hmm. in Canada. She's a Canadian. And we have a data specialist who is another Canadian. So was that five people? Uh, Yeah, three full-time and two part-time. And we brought out another person full-time today. Yeah, and again, today, and as you just mentioned... This is like two weeks you were in bed, essentially. And then last week you were, quote unquote, officially back into it, more or less. So the accident happens. And so what's sort of the communication with the team? Because this is something that I have coached people on is like, what if, God forbid, there's a, there's a, there's an in injury or an event or for, like, this is a perfect example. Yeah. What is the protocol, if you will, with the team to move forward? Or does or do things just stop? Well, I would I would like to say that I sent a text message and then my executive assistant opened up the the bike crash SOP and went into action. But it was it caught me completely off guard. And honestly, what happened was I was very impressed with how my team responded. I sent a message well, I was in shock on Saturday, probably. Yeah. And it was just a voice message. And she responded on the weekend. And the first responses from her and then the rest of the team were like, Quajo, you know, you rest. We'll keep the business running. And I'm like, okay, you know, because I'm in the hospital at that point. Yeah. They handled it very well. My team picked up, I mean, they picked up everything, Rick. They sent the messages to all of the clients asking for grace because Mm -hmm. my face was kind of low-key smashed in. I was really surprised at how well they kept the accounts going. And actually, we did a team review yesterday, and they actually lowered cost per lead in a couple of accounts, plus did some really crazy analytic setups in three accounts that was actually pretty difficult. But what happened, Rick, was is 
I was removed as the bottleneck. And I just have to admit that. And, you know, I coach people on that when we do funnel fixing calls, but they were prepared. They were prepared with the training that we had done. They were prepared. You know, we do lots of training with Loom videos where um, it's what you taught. It's what you taught. What's what I learned from you, Rick, in the accelerator after coaching for so long. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I do a task once and then hand it off to somebody on the team who watches it, does it. And after they do it a couple of times, they create an SOP. And because we've been doing that since January, the SOPs are probably, I don't know, what's the number? 90% in place? Yeah. Most people can follow an SOP, right? But there's also some intangibles there for a team to say, you rest, you get better, we got this. And I want to talk to you about this and we'll, you know, do it. You'll do a whole episode about this, I think would be mm-hmm. really helpful. But what goes into hiring people like that? Again, because oh, let's let's yeah. face it, anybody can anybody can follow an SOP. True. Right? True. But not everybody can be like, hey, Quajo, don't worry. Or hey, Hallie, don't worry, we got this. I think two things then. It's not just the hiring. I have a really good hiring process that I guess weeding out the wrong people, let's say bringing the right people to me to choose from. Mm-hmm. But then also, I think that the human side of it is that we have weekly team meetings. And sure, everybody has weekly team meetings. But like I tell my team over and over again, like the first part of our team meeting, I want to get to know them. And so we usually spend 10 to 15 minutes. And at the beginning of every team meeting, I set the tone and I share something that's non-business related that I'm excited about during my week. And each of the team members does the same, you know, and I take notes. So I actually have a running file of what's going on in my team members' life. If it's the fact that like my EA is about to take a trip that she's been planning for a year because she likes to couch surf to a place called Makati. Uh, No, she's from Makati, but another place in the Philippines or that like my VA, who's a great video editor, also has a younger brother who has a lot of the same like speech struggles that my daughter has, you know, like I, I care about them and I always make sure to ask them. And so I guess they care about me too, you know, <laughs> yeah. but the hiring process too. So we will go into the hiring process. You know, we'll, we'll spend just an episode on that because you do a very good job. And I say that from firsthand experience because if I'm not mistaken, you hired Joeline. Joeline, yeah. On my team, who's been with me for, geez, a few years now, at least. And she's amazing. So, what are the highlights of the hiring process that makes it so effective in that you're bringing people on that are not just box checkers or can follow an SOP, but actually mm. care about the business and about? CEO. So I don't know how the people that really care get through. And to be fully pr- transparent, it's not like every time I hire, it's great. There've been people who haven't worked sure, out. Sure. I can say the highlights though are in the beginning of the hiring process. I have like a double secret deal. Like there's the standard or, or pretty standard. If you've read this far down the job description, you need to include a secret word in the subject line. But I super low-key, as one of the things that they need to do to apply the job, they to go to my website and learn about the business. But mm-hmm. if they actually go to the website, which is not a complicated website, but if they go there, 
and read any little bit, there's a hidden Easter egg, if you will, on the website that says, hey, if you're applying for the EA job, you need to put the secret word. I think mine is a certain number of places. Actually, I don't think I know, but I won't say just in case somebody who potentially <laughs> will apply later is listening. But it says you need to put this specific word, a certain number of words into the headline. And so then I can see all the applicants and I can almost see like two tiers right away. The people who pay attention to detail, Mm -hmm. but then the people who super pay attention to detail because their subject line doesn't make sense because they have that secret word, like the, whatever, I'll just say it, the third or fourth place, the third or fourth word in the subject line. I'm like, aha, this person actually went and read my website. And then, um, yeah, the rest of the process is pretty standard. It's like you're looking for diamonds, but usually when you discover a diamond, you have to sift, right? But most diamonds are inside of rocks and they don't look super pretty. And so I just make sure that I'm finding the diamonds and then I ask follow-up questions and things to see like which ones are the real diamonds, I guess. So when people are talking to me about, you know, and we're finding that they need to bring people onto their team and Maybe they're looking for an overseer. I always send them to you. It's like, go to Quajo because he finds great people. Are you doing that right now for people? I am. Actually, I'm piloting a service. It's just one-to-one right now. It's not one-to-many. It literally is me taking another online course creator or coach through the same process. Well, doing the same process that I do to find my people. I just Mm -hmm. do it on their behalf. And uh, that link is in the show notes. And like I said, we'll dive more deeply into the actual hiring process in a different episode. Sure. You've got three hours a day. How are you spending those hours to maximize the hours? And the business continues to grow. I mean, you just mentioned that you just brought on a content person today or yesterday or something, and your team is thriving. So how are you spending those three hours a day? So I have... Already on the calendar, custom like client funnel fixing calls. The the people that decide to do ads management with me, some of them also have like another tier of a service where I consult them on how to fix their funnel, right? Mm-hmm. So I have the calls that I need that like I need to fulfill. But other than that, and this is the hard thing, but you asked me this morning why I was so excited. It's because with three hours, it becomes crystal clear what I need to actually be doing in the business in order for the business to grow. And so um, this is the perfect time to say that I started a little challenge called the 100 day to 100k month challenge. And for me, what that means is, is let's see if I can get to 100k months in 100 days. But what am I doing? The first 100 minutes of all five days a week are spent only on revenue generating activities as in sales pages for the course or outlining and then using ChatGPT to make the pre-sale page for the next course because there's already two next courses. Or this podcast. Yeah, this podcast, planning podcast episodes, um, contacting people who would be good guests on a podcast episode. Ooh, somebody responded who's a pretty big name too. That's pretty exciting. These sort of things. The conversation with my team, and again, they've been super understanding and they've stepped up is what would change in the business if I'm only spending time on the things that like I said I would spend time on? Yeah. Full transparency. You know, you know you're supposed to spend the time on the CEO activities. You know you shouldn't be doing all the other things that aren't as valuable. And yet we do as business owners and 
for the past week, I've been forced because of the accident to actually get everything together and do the right things. Yeah. It's the whole, what is it? Parkinson's law? Like the time expands, there are task expands to the time that you give it. Right. This is a perfect example of like, all right, I quote unquote only have three hours. I say quote unquote, because some people listening right now would be like, oh my gosh, I would love to have three hours to work on my business, you know? But it's like whatever time that you have available to you, it's maximizing that time for growth and just shutting everything else out during that time. And then also what Quaid just mentioned, and just to clarify, this is what, did you get this from Alex Hermosi, the 100K? 100K to 100 or 100 days. Yeah, 100 days to 100K month. I got it from another lady who got it from Alex Hormozy. Okay. So 100 days to 100K months. So just to kind of reiterate what Quaid was doing there is the first 100 minutes of each day spending on revenue generating activities. Things are going to move the needle in some way for revenue for the business going towards that goal. And so it's how do you look at your business and how can you be ensuring that the time that you give it each day, whether that's 30 minutes, whether that's eight hours or whatever it is, it shouldn't be eight hours. Are you maximizing that time to its fullest doing hopefully what only you should be doing as the CEO and ensuring that your team is picking up the other things that they need to be doing to get things off your plate. And Quaja, you're this is exactly what's going on in your business. So yeah. I want to sort of wrap this up with, with a question here. Will you continue this schedule once your health is back to, you know, a place where you can do longer than 30 or excuse me, three <laughs> hours in front of the computer and you know you're not in, in any kind of pain? Will you continue? Three hours or trick? (laughs) No, there's no, there's not a trick trick question. question. (laughs) So, what do you think? I will work more than three hours. I will not go back to working. I hereby solemnly swear I'm raising my (laughs) right hand, my right hand. There you go, my right, right hand. But I will not go back to working like eight hours a day after my health comes back fully. I think it's a great lesson. I mean, it's a terrible way to learn a lesson, but you've learned that, you know what, this business can grow and thrive and my team steps up. And even when either I'm out completely or I have a limited time, if you will, to be working in the business. It's a super sucky context, but at the same time, it's as if I've been given a gift and uh, I choose to make the most of it. And um, if you, the listener, want to follow along on this crazy challenge then anywhere on social media, Q-U-A-Y-J-O, and the link is in the description below. I'm actually posting daily updates on how that's going and daily revenue updates. And I'm only counting new revenue. So New revenue. Cool. Let's go. Let's what, was that, what was that quote I told you? Light yourself on fire and the world will come to watch you burn. Have you all heard this quote? Because Quaid was like, I don't know who said it, but it's a, it's a really well-known quote. <laughs> and... Please repeat it because I was like, what? I've never heard this and this is terrible. What is it again? Light yourself on fire and the world will come to watch you burn. I don't know who said that quote. Maybe I made it up when I was on meds. <laughs> yeah, this is like, if anybody's heard of that before, please DM one of us on Instagram 
and let us know because I've never heard it. I think it's terrible. Please do not light yourself on fire. No, we do not. So to get people, there are other ways to do to get people to come, you know, to come watch. Right. We do not condone, condone uh, what's it called? Self-immolation. We do not condone that. Do not do that. Yes. Well, thank you, Quajo, for sharing this. I think that just to leave everybody with one exercise, I would do a time audit. Do a time audit where you are tracking, so let's take five to seven days, five to seven business days, but five to seven quote unquote normal business days, not if you're in a launch, not if you're traveling, not whatever, like five to seven normal business days and you're tracking everything that you're doing from the time you start to the time you finish, what you do, how long you're doing it for. So just for example, so for us right now, you know, it's Pacific time for me personally, you're in central time, I'm mountain think, standard right? time, mountain time. Daylight. So, you know, from nine to nine forty eight, we did, you know, a podcast episode, podcast recording. Cool. That like, I would literally put it down for, I mean, round up 50 minutes. That's what you put down. And then if you take a 10 minute break, put it down. And if you want to do, you know, go a little above and beyond Put down what your energy level was. Give yourself a, a score of one to five, but you can't give yourself a three because that's a cop out. One to five, how energized did you feel from this activity? Track yourself for five to seven days doing all this. It's a pain in the butt, I'll tell you, but it is gold what you can glean from this information once you're done. Because not only will you see how much time you're wasting, and I'm not saying you personally, we all do, we all waste time but it will tell you what you're spending your time on and the types of things that you really shouldn't be spending your time on after doing this type of exercise. Because then you can, and we won't go into it fully here, but then you can start to put, you know, values next to activity, you know, things that you're doing, like whatever. I uh, uploaded an email into my email CRM. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a quote, $10 an hour task, something that you should not be doing. And then it's just a matter of, what we're trying to do here is figure out how you're spending your time so that you can then create the type of schedule where you're doing the types of things that we're talking about here today, like Quaid is doing within these three hours that only you as the CEO should be doing. So we'll go into another episode where you break down your hiring process. If anybody wants to reach out to Quajo to get his help on hiring an overseas assistant where was the link is it in the it's in the show notes it's quajo.com and that's q-u-a-y-j-o dot com slash hire your va all one word hire your va quajo.com slash hire your va rick thanks for asking me all of these questions yeah and the, and the encouragement awesome thanks y'all Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.